420, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, of course, uh, your mayor of PHNX and mayor of this wonderful holiday. This guy doesn't partake, but he's still your vice mayor. He'll still help me with some of the responsibilities. It's your thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Didn't you already wish people a happy 420 today? I it's still like 420, we were, Jesse. Like this we is the second show in a day. You're wearing green, which you didn't green. even, but you didn't even notice uh, the that. The thought did not cross my out. mind this morning. I kind of just threw on a shirt, but hey, if it makes uh, you happy, you Derek, it. I think you planned it. I'm okay with that. Welcome <laughs> on into uh, our second show today. Of course, we had our breaking podcast earlier today about the news that Madison Bumgardner has been designated for assignment by the Arizona Diamondbacks. But in case you haven't heard, Madison Bumgardner has been designated for assignment by the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm excited. Derek, everyone in their cars who was listening, everything uh, was so great. And then you just, just blew their ears <sighs> off. They're never, they're never going to be it's able right. to hear again. It's all right. We'll level it after <laughs> we're done. But uh, of course, we are still discussing the big news. Uh, it doesn't sound like Tori Lavello or Mike Hazen will be discussing it for too much longer as they both made comments today about essentially wanting to kind of discuss this now, get it over with, and move on. Uh, not, not an easy day for them, obviously, considering the investment that this team made in Madison Bumgardner, uh, the excitement that there once was surrounding him coming here, and and the results, right? But Hazen today made some comments about uh, the, the sense of urgency now that this team is performing at the level that they're performing, and here's what he had to say about that sense of urgency. Uh, you know, I've thought about that word urgency over the last 48 hours, um, and yes, I think that I ask our players and staff to have urgency around how we're going to play and attack. And so I have to do the same thing. I can't be a hypocrite and ask for that and not do it in my job. And so that was part of the reason we, we made a decision that there was, you know, the team has played its butts off over the last first three weeks of the season, frankly. Um, they go out there every night, even yesterday. We... We hung around that game. I think if that game stretched out a little longer, I think we're going to win that game. Um, we seem to score every time they score. Um, and, and, and so I, we, I felt like we, we needed to make this decision. Right up until he said we were in that game and he think he could have won it, I was with him. <laughs> but that was a 14-5 to loss, Mike, let's be honest. Uh, of course... You know, this was a difficult decision for the team, for Mike Hazen. I mean, this is this was one of Mike Hazen's kind of crown jewel acquisitions, right? Yeah, I mean, this is the biggest free agent signing that Mike Hazen has ever made uh, in his tenure with the Diamondbacks. I don't think any other signing even comes close. And uh, it completely blew up on him, to be frank. Uh, the D-backs are eating uh, just over $34 million in remaining salary. It's just over $20 million left this year. And then $14 million next year, the D-backs are eating that money. That is not that far away from half of the total value of this contract. And you could make a case that Mad Bum has been costing the D-backs more than he's been helping them, uh, you know, dating back to the middle of last season. So it's been a disaster uh, for the Diamondbacks. And, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, Mike is is going to be done talking about this pretty soon. And, and I don't blame him. Yeah. I mean, this is not... I think Mike Hazen has had his bright moments as a GM. I, I wouldn't say overall that Mike Hazen's been terrible as the D-backs general manager the last know. few years. I think he he's, helped rebuild this farm system and make it what it is today, which is still yeah. one of the best farm systems in baseball. Yeah. So I it's I mean, this is just like of all the things he's done, there's been one 
enormous negative, and that is this move. Maybe two, because he also doesn't like to talk about the Goldschmidt uh, trade either. That's you could make a one. case there is another There's big another one. That he, is fair. He gave us the, the idea there that he is still feeling a little pain on that one. But uh, Tori had some comments as well about Mad Bum. And, um, of course, Tori shared that, you know, he, he he's had some real good private moments with Bumgarner. I mean, I feel like they were... They were close on a different level than Tori is with maybe some of the younger players. Uh, and I think that uh, this, once again, is was not an easy move. He, he said it was one of the hardest conversations he's ever had to have. Uh, but this is what he had to say about moving on from Madbub. Um, look, you guys, you know me. It's, these decisions are always hard on me, hard um, on um, the player. And, and we, you know, we did it for one reason. He, based on performance and unfortunately that's what this game is it's all weighted on how you go out there and perform and help your team win games and <clears throat> it just wasn't getting there on the level that we felt was going to give us an opportunity to win every fifth day um, so you know, the decision was made um, and I don't want to get into the conversation very much it's, it'll still remain private to me um, you know we told him last night and he handled like a pro just, just like you, you think that he would, um, and you, know, you just you wish each other luck and shake hands, hug, and, and you, you go separate ways. It's what we do in this game. We're conditioned to, to it, even though it's sad um, and heartbreaking at times. You you move forward, and uh, that's where we're at right now. Again, not not an easy day, but it it really is encouraging. That's something that they were asked quite a bit about about their ability to pivot on this and move. I mean. It's a lot of money, and it's also a starting uh, pitcher, uh, uh, which aren't easy to come by, especially a left-hander. Somebody of Madison Bumgarner's experience also is is something that you want around a young team like this. Though I don't, I still don't know, uh, and it's never kind of been answered if Madison Bumgarner was like a good mentor to the younger players. We did hear a lot of things about him being a good teammate, and a lot of the players kind of having some concern for Mad Bum and, and him kind of being DFA'd like this. But uh, again, it's just it, it's just about performance, like Tori said, and it's about also the way that this team is performing right now. I mean, Mike Hazen flat out said that if this team wasn't as good as it is right now, he doesn't know if he would have made this move yeah. at this time. Yeah, that was a question that was asked at the very end of the press conference. And he basically said, I think we still would have done this uh, just because... The D-backs have guys in AAA who are very good. And so, you know, even if instead of being 11 and 8, they were 8 and 11, you'd still be like, well, yeah, we're 8 and 11 because Madison Bumgarner is not pitching very well. Right. And we have Tommy Henry and Brandon Fought down in Reno that we want to go get and see and see what they have in those guys. And that's what Hazen repeated multiple times is we have guys who are ready. And that includes not just Tommy Henry, but also Brandon Fought. We're going to get into that a little bit later. We have guys who are ready that we feel like we need to see you know, what they are yeah. in the big leagues. And yeah. and that's something the D-backs haven't had in years past. They haven't had, you know, a sixth, seventh, eighth starter on the depth chart that they really had interest in seeing at the big league level. That's not where this team is now. They have guys who are ready to go. And at this point, you feel pretty confident, even if those guys take some time to adjust, they're probably going to be better every fifth day than Madison Bumgarner. 12 Ratchet says, got to say, Jesse is one of the most awesome Arizona sports podcast Aww. guys. Thanks for all you do, Jesse. I appreciate that. I'm not giving him any kind 
his, <laughs> they removed his picture from the uh, press box lounge. He's still very sad about it. And we're, we're, neither one of <laughs> it us. It was one of the most devastating it was, uh, it was hits a hard to my, yeah. my self-esteem yeah. that I'll ever Today was already a somber but... day because of this. And, you know, of course, now we have that. But, um, <laughs> you know, the possibility of Mad Bum moving to the bullpen was brought up. That, you know, it, it sounded like... Uh, that was a no-go. I mean, they, he didn't really... Yeah, that was interesting. That was, Yeah, Mike said a lot of things about that. Uh, he basically said, uh, he said, we talked a little bit about it. We didn't know if it was going to be the best fit for either of us, so for the Diamondbacks or for Madison Bumgarner. Right. He mentioned a few factors. Uh, one of them was that the D-backs already have a number of lefties in their bullpen. Correct. They already have Joe Manzapply, Kyle Nelson, and Andrew Chafin. They also just brought in... Uh, Anthony Misevich, I believe I'm saying that right. Well Hopefully, yeah, I, I, think I think so. I, think you got I at least said it well enough yeah. to make it sound we'll, like I know what I'm talking about. We'll let about. it pass if it's not uh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, baseball references pronunciation <laughs> is right on that one. But uh, but yeah, the D-backs, as of this moment, have four lefties uh, in their bullpen. So they don't really have a need there. They already have more than enough lefties. If anything, they need more righties in the bullpen right now. Uh, so I don't think it made sense from that perspective. And Hazen also mentioned that you need a certain amount of buy-in from the player. The yeah. D-backs don't want to just go over and force Mad Bum to be a reliever. Uh, on some level, they could. I mean, you know, they're the ones who control how he's being used. But you need a certain degree of buy-in from the player if you're going to do that. Hazen didn't directly say that Mad Bum wasn't bought in, but you kind of wonder if maybe that was something that he wasn't so excited about. It sounded a bit like it. And uh, walk-off sports talks us three rookies in the rotation now, 11-8 and eight record. Do you guys see a bumpy path going forward? Well, Mike Hazen was asked <laughs> if that is a concern of his by this guy, uh, and he said yes. He <laughs> said he has a lot of concerns to keep him up at night, to worry him at all times. He just has this long list that he didn't have enough time to go over all of his concerns. But – uh, yeah. Yes, the fact that they would have three rookies in in the rotation uh, is definitely a concern. Technically, Tommy Henry, uh, someone actually corrected me on this earlier today because I myself tweeted it out. Technically, Tommy Henry exceeded the rookie limits last year. Not a Not, I don't think in terms of innings pitch, maybe just the number of days on the roster. But yeah, you've got three guys in the rotation who have pitched fewer than 50 innings in the big leagues in their career, which is kind of insane yeah. Like for a team that is at least as of right now in first place, has some aspirations to contend this year. That's all. I mean, you're heavily relying on on youth in order to get yeah. where you want to go. Uh, and Hazen said it could be four at one point. You know, like he if, did. if yeah. I mean, let's face it, if, you know, God forbid, if Merrill Kelly missed a couple starts or something, Brandon Fott would probably come up and the yeah. D-backs would have four yeah. pitchers who have little to no major league experience in their rotation at the same time. I think the D-backs, they know there could be some growing pains, but Hazen talked about the quality of their defense, uh, the quality of their coaching staff, and how they feel like they're in position to get those guys uh, to be in a good spot to, to succeed, even though there's a lot of inexperience in this rotation right now. Uh, another thing that Hazen said that I found to be very interesting, and maybe you guys can decipher this how you want to, but um, he discussed starting pitching, and he discussed how important it is to have it early in the season due to the fact that it's it's not easy to to find starting pitching elsewhere right yeah. so part of his comments and we'll let you hear it for yourself uh part and, of his comments and see it and, and see, see it, it for and yourself see it here and see YouTube. it yeah <laughs> i don't know though i don't know i mean this <laughs> Uh, this video got a little our video. Video got a little messed up. Yeah, some sunglasses yeah, yeah, yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and, and roll Hazen's comments. The balance you have in April is that not having enough starting pitching can be 
tremendous obstacle to overcome because for the next two months, nobody's making a trade with me. So fixing a problem externally is extremely challenging until you get to probably the early part of July, and that's probably early. Uh, we talk, have conversations in June, but nobody really does anything. Um, so fixing that, the rotation spot, um, isn't something that we're going to necessarily be able to do. So trying to gain as much ground into the season with your rotation to me is extremely important. Um, but we got to a point where we had to make this decision. Jesse, am I high or was he that yellow? I mean, you are probably high, but yes, okay. he was yes. very, uh, he was, okay. <laughs> he was very yellow. Oh, what a, I, I, stop messing with me. All right. I we, gotta, we blame our, uh, I don't know. Who do we blame? I don't want to. I'm blaming Damon. I'm blaming right, Damon. Right, we're, blaming, blaming we're blaming Damon. I'm not blaming my edibles. I refuse. <laughs> blame Slack. Uh, yeah. I'll blame Slack. Yeah. Slack is, Slack is doing weird things. It to distorts our videos. our videos in weird yeah. ways. Yeah. Hence you and get we never a know very, what you're gonna get. you, you get a very golden Mike Hazen. So we got, we got three videos that all were different shades of, 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 you know, people, but, uh, what Hazen talked about there in case you weren't paying attention cause you were too busy looking at his golden skin, uh, was that, uh, basically it sounded like they just wanted to get to June or July when they could potentially make a trade, maybe not trade mad bum away, but make it, make a trade for starting pitching at that point. So it yeah. almost sounded like they were well aware that this was not going to go well. However, Mike Hazen also did say at no point was this a consideration of theirs, uh, at the end of last season, during spring training, or even after like his first start of the year. Basically, yeah. this was just something that kind of came up, I think, again, going back to that sense of urgency with the Diamondbacks exceeding expectations, both, you know, for fans and internally. And the fact that really right now he is, you know, he is the the one person not carrying his weight as far as the entire team goes it feels like yeah yeah hazen said that conversations about mad bums rotation spot started a few weeks ago so it wasn't just you know after his start in miami Correct. tory lavello was asked about uh you know mad bum spot in the rotation and and tory said this is business as usual we're not having those conversations but behind the scenes the evacs were. were definitely having those conversations this didn't all of a sudden become a thing because of one bad start um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to just kind of hear the, the background of how, how some of this went down. Um, Mike Hazen did say that at one point he was asked, did, did you guys think about pulling the plug after the Miami start? And Mike Hazen said, I don't have a great answer. He basically just said that he and Tori Lovello had been having ongoing conversations and, um, they didn't think he pitched that bad in Miami. He there was one inning yeah, that was the, especially bad. Yeah. Uh, and so they said that, you know, we came to the agreement that we wanted, uh, we felt one more start, uh, at least another start, was warranted. And after they saw what they saw in St. Louis, that's when the whole thing fell apart. He also was uh, asked about the impact of the dead money on the team and the money that they still owe, obviously, to Madison Bumgarner. Uh, Mike Hazen said that that was accounted for this year. Whether Bum is here or not, the, the budget is is done, and that isn't going to impact him being here or not being here isn't going to impact their budget. The only year it's going to really impact is next year. Yeah, uh, And again, that's... That's interesting because, it, I mean, it's, it's it's a different way to look at it. And I guess it's a way to make it look less significant about the amount of money. Yeah. You know, overall, you could start nitpicking about 
the money that they're going to have to pay for him, that he's not going to be on this team. But you could also go back and look at his poor performance over the last three seasons and say that he didn't earn the money that he was paid at least the last two. Yeah. Because he was here on a budget the first year. That was They're not just eating deal. $34 million. Yeah, they, they just they've 34. eaten some money already. We could say to, that all you want. But yeah, but I mean, our big topic, our big question that we are going to, I don't know, debate or discuss at least is, uh, is Madison Bumgarner the worst free agent signing in Arizona Diamondbacks history? And Jesse... Uh, you have the floor. I have the floor. Okay. Um, I am going to say that Madison Bumgarner is indeed the worst free agent signing in Diamondbacks history. It is very close, though. It is very close, and I would very much entertain uh, different viewpoints on this. I think there's viable cases to be made for a few different guys. Uh, if you, you have to adjust for inflation, right? Like You can't go back and look at the Russ Ortiz contract, uh, which I think was $32 million, something around there. 32 million, you know, back in the early 2000s, not is not the same as 32 million now, right? Right. Uh, so you do have to account for inflation. I think because of that, some of those contracts in the early days are are pretty comparable. Uh, Russ Ortiz being the main one, obviously Asmani Tomas is the other big one in recent days that people would point to, and those two are pretty close. I mean, Tomas was also not a good player for this team, uh, really at all. I will say that Tomas, at least out of the gate, was a more productive player than Madison Bumgarner ever was, arguably. Uh, you know, Tomas had a year where he hit 31 home runs. Uh, he had a year where his batting average was pretty decent right out of the gate, whereas Madison Bumgarner in 2020 was an utter disaster. Kind of picked things up a little bit in 2021, but still wasn't especially good and has really, really struggled these last two years. So, there were at least bright spots with Tomas, even though the whole thing wound up being a disaster with Bumgarner. There were bright spots, right? I mean, the seven-inning no-hitter, uh, the stretch that we talked about in 2021 where he was a really good pitcher for about six weeks or so. But at no point did Madison Bumgarner put together even a half season that you were like, oh, we feel really good about this investment. Um I don't know if you necessarily felt that way about Tomas either. At the end of the nope. day, they're two they're two very bad contracts, but I would probably lean uh in in saying that Mad Bum's deal is the worst. The one thing about Yasmani Tomas and Mad Bum that you brought up was the actual production. And you can say what you will about those two players. Neither of those contracts are good. But at some point in those during those contracts, during their time, they performed well. We talked yesterday. It, it, with Mad Bum, the problem is you have to like nitpick it too much. You can't say like yeah. he was good for half of the season in 2001. You can't say that. But you can say there was like a month, like like you said, a six-week stretch where he had like a sub 1.5 ERA and had won the majority of his starts. Uh, there was a time where Yasmani Tomas was knocking the cover off the ball even at a major league level. Uh, but Russ Ortiz... Never did anything for this team. And like you said, <laughs> it's a $33 million uh, uh, dollar cost adjusted for 2022. It would have been like $63 million. So let's yeah. just say, uh, for argument's sake at this point, it's a uh, $66 million contract. Yeah, he had a negative 3.2 uh, war overall and uh, just never really played for the team. I mean, I think that's the thing. I is mean, they he threw, did play. He did play. I mean, if, he did. His, if you can call it play. If you can I call guess, it play. <laughs> he made 22 starts for the team in 2005. He made 11 starts in 2000 or six starts, excuse me, in 2006. So a total of 28 starts over 
uh, the two seasons or a season and a half that he played. But uh, yeah, and like Ryan said, Mad Bum had a seven inning no hitter. I mean, these are all we're we're splitting hairs here. They're all terrible contracts. <laughs> uh, the, wor- the 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 <laughs> worst part about it though is the fact that we are lumping Mad Bum in with the likes of Russ Ortiz and uh, Yasmani Tomas. This is not a conversation. That's not a conversation that you, were you want looking to, be a to have no. four years ago. No, when not this, at all. When this thing happened, I also want to uh, point out Yoan Lopez's deal, oh, which in terms of dollar figures does not get enough attention. Not, well, it wasn't at all comparable in terms of dollar figures. It was. I think it was $16 million altogether that the D-backs invested up front. Um, but that severely limited what they were able to do in terms of signing international amateurs for multiple years, which you could you could put a, a significant amount of blame for the D-backs having a pretty bare farm system for a while there. You could put a lot of that blame on the fact that the D-backs had their hands tied behind their back because of that Yoan Lopez deal, which went way over the spending limit. <sighs> And, and very much limited what what they were able to do. I don't know if I would quite put it in Bumgarner or Tomas territory, but that one should also be in this conversation. Yoan Lopez should absolutely. He had a like a legal issue. I think there was like a domestic yeah. violence situation. Yeah. He also uh, was not a good pitcher. He was not a good pitcher. He, <laughs> again, he he had he had a great couple of games there where where he started looking like a stud. I still remember to this day, Brad Ziegler like his final game. In the clubhouse, uh, we were talking to him about like closers, and he pointed at Yon Lopez and said, "That's that's that's your guy. That's the next guy. He's I mean, the future stuff, of this his team." His stuff looked pretty good. Yeah. Like you could kind of talk yourself into Yon Lopez being for a while. It was a starter. The D-backs brought him in. They wanted him to start, and then that didn't work out. You put him in the bullpen, and that didn't work out either. So, um, yeah, I mean, in in terms of just the the dollar figures. You yeah, it, you could really go a number of different ways here. I know uh, AZ Snake Pit compiled some numbers and factored in inflation and all this stuff, um, and they they came away with Matt Williams. Matt Williams being the they worst. They came contract. away with Matt Williams being the worst contract. The audacity. In, in the, that one, even even though you know, if you look at it, it was and a Todd Stottlemyre. That's another name. Yeah, that was in 1998, though. Mm. I mean, D backs hardly had any players at that point, right? I mean, they were just kind of getting things underway, but. The D-backs won a World Series with Matt Williams on the team. I know he he wasn't great uh, consistently throughout that contract. Michael Smith's just trying to open old wounds now. He said, we can't talk about bad <laughs> D-backs without mentioning Heath Bell. The, the Heath Bell experience, Michael. Yeah. Don't forget that. Um, I mean, it's not. we're not just talking about like the worst players. We're talking about the worst contracts. And the D-backs didn't make like an enormous financial commitment. We to Heath Bell, have not so. paid enough attention to the biggest factor here, Jesse. What's, the most what's important that? factor. And that is... That Madison Bumgarner was released on 420 after starting 69 games for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I figured that would come up at some point. Nice. Let's take a you look done, at his you number. Done now? <laughs> 5.23 ERA uh, went 15 and 32. Uh, these with, are his, his D-backs career yeah, numbers. Yeah, these are his D-backs career okay. numbers. A 1.379 whip, uh, 116 walks to 276 strikeouts. <sighs> he also Jesse he averaged 69 strikeouts this is incredible this is I think baseball reference is just messing with me now but uh in regards to his career we are going to give Madison Bumgarner's D-backs career ROG's performance to forget uh it's 420 just the whole, just the whole thing just the whole career Jesse <laughs> I'm just giving his whole D-backs career his entire time in Arizona 
the performance to forget because let's be honest, it really was. Uh, happy 420 to all who celebrate once again. Uh, Jesse, you can take a powder now or go hang out and talk <laughs> to my friends here. Uh, our friends at OG's Brands, uh, shout out to them for helping me enjoy this day. Uh, they have a wonderful variety of flavors that you should check out. They have their orange creamsicle, which is a personal favorite of mine. They also have a uh, RSO, a Rick Simpson oil, if you uh, if you have a high tolerance level, much like this guy over here. But uh, they have some wide variety of doses, strains, and everything that you need uh, from things that will help you stay awake uh, to things that will help you get a great night's sleep, uh, including their Aqua Berry Sleep Edition gummies. So make sure to check them out. Uh, again, happy 420 to all observe. And you can find them at your local dispensary, probably on sale today uh, at ogsbrands.com. Must be 21 or over to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. Uh, and let's just give a real quick shout out uh, to this logo that we created in honor of today's 420 celebration. In honor of April 20th, uh, we give you our new improved Major League Baseball logo. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm proud of that one, Jesse. That one, that one I put some work into. But Solid uh, Photoshop skills, Derek. Thank you. I appreciate that. Tip of the cap to you, sir. Uh, solid Photoshop skills on making um, Mike Hazen look so golden, by the way. That was, that was great stuff. Uh, also, check out our friends at Four Peaks. Uh, the Cardinals were just in here. I saw Johnny Venerable in person, and I, I don't know about you, Jesse, but I get really excited when I see Johnny. He's like yeah. Sasquatch, you know? I mean, they don't they don't let him out of Maricopa very no, often. No, you don't so. ever see him. And when you do, it's a blurry photo of him walking by in the background. But I uh, can't wait to hang out with our guys uh, at from the Cardinals uh, for the uh, NFL Draft. Cardinals, good position this year. I hope you guys are paying attention. Also tonight, I guess New Jersey's are coming out. Can't wait to see that. So uh, follow our friends at Four Peaks Brew uh, to get the latest on Arizona's premier craft brewery. And the best place to take in the NFL draft is with us on April 27th at the Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Join us in Tempe. Register for free in the link in our show to take uh, take advantage of beer specials. That's our show notes. Uh, must be 21 years or older to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. They're going to have those $3 Redbird lager pints and $5 Redbird lager pitchers, as well as our usual PHNX specials of $3 kill lifters and, of course, my favorite, the Wow Pint. So make sure to join us out there. Uh, we have so much more to talk about when it comes to Madison Bumgarner. Uh, the, those guys might be done talking about him. We're not done talking about him yet. We're not going to be done can for I, a while. Can I just say, the more I look at Yasmani Tomas's career stats, the more I'm kind of second-guessing my, my yeah, decision. Yeah. Yasmani Tomas in 2016, the year that people point to as like the good year of Yasmani Tomas, the year he had 31 home runs, he had negative 0.7 wins yeah, above replacement yeah, because his defense he was, was awful absolutely he atrocious. Was awful and he never he didn't walk. Uh, uh he got a little bit a little bit lucky, I think, maybe to hit 272 that year. Uh yeah, it's pretty bad, Derek. No. And there's also the fact that like the D-backs, he played his last game with the D-backs in 2019. He didn't play at all in 2018. His contract was through 2020. Yeah. So the D-backs yeah. basically stopped playing Yasmani Tomas in 2017, three years before the contract was even over. So I know it was $68 million compared to $85, in it, but there was an extra year there. And he was really bad. Here's the other so. thing. Um, something that I'm not sure if you're accounting for in the contract. I'm not sure if this is additional. But the Diamondbacks also had to pay for both him and Yon Lopez, like some sort of like uh, international fee 
for for coming from Cuba. Huh. So that, that was actually something that was that even increased the cost to bring them over even more. And I think in Yon Lopez's ca- uh, case, it might have even been like a significant amount, like almost more than the contract that they paid him just to yeah. get, just to have them come over here. So yeah, well, I think the Yoan Lopez thing it was like eight million dollars plus eight million in fees yes, because yeah, it was a one hundred percent tax right, basically because right. they just spent an absurd amount of money. And I and if I'm remembering correctly, Yoan Lopez's agent was Dave Stewart's wife, and there were just all sorts of. Not great things. I didn't think Jesse was going to open that Pandora's box, but that's a whole other thing that we can get into one of these days. Because holy shit, there was a lot to anyway. Let, when it let's, comes to let's that. get yeah. let's get back to Bumgarner. Anyway, back to Bumgarner. More importantly, back to the Arizona Diamondbacks minor league system and how it's going to impact this decision. Uh, even though there has been no official word made, Mike Hazen did not really uh, did not really hesitate to say that Tommy Henry will be the pitcher replacing Madison Bumgarner in the starting rotation. For now, uh, I have no idea what the for now part that I just said really means because we we don't know. Uh, Mike Hazen gave us his reasons to go with Henry, and here are those reasons. Uh, we, we, logistically, is one of them is the biggest one. Um, but Tommy deserves his opportunity as well. He's throwing the ball well down there, and was up here last year and threw very well for us for eight weeks. Um, I. We didn't feel like, as we were, we, we hadn't made this decision going into yesterday. And Brandon's starting today in Reno. And if we had pushed Brandon into the rotation somewhere, it wasn't going to be today. And pushing Nellie and Gallon and everybody back and jumping into them. Um, and if we had slotted him somewhere into the future, we're going on nine or ten days rest. Don't think that's necessarily the best idea for a debut. Um, and... We're going to need all these guys from now and the rest of the season. So you're going to, you're going to see all those guys pitch and more is my bet. Um, and we know they're, they're both throwing the ball really well. We have two good options down there. Both of those guys are going to be pitching up here. Um, who went first and how it went first and, you know, again, whether or not we should have put Dre into the rotate, like all these decisions we've been talking about, I, I understand have centered around Brandon. Brandon is going to pitch up here, and he's going to be a very good player for us. And it's going to come, but it's not going to come right this second. Did that decision come down to those two guys? Yes. That was interesting there at the end. Not surprising. Interesting that we knew it was going to be Tommy Henry or Brandon Fott. He was also asked if Brandon Fott was ready. And he said yes. I think you asked him that, I right? did ask him he that, He said yeah. yes to you so emphatically that I felt like he was trying to burn a hole through your face with his eyeballs. <laughs> like, he was like, Jesse didn't even get the whole question out before he was just like, yes, yes. Like, if, if it's a question of is Brandon Fott ready, it's not a question of if Brandon Fott is ready. It is a question of logistics, which is something Jesse pointed out to us. He pointed out that now because of the off day with, with the aces, now Brandon – doesn't line up and everything we talked about on this morning show was confirmed about Mike Hazen. He said nine days would be too long to let, you know, fought sit around before he made his first, you know, before he made his major league debut, just too much time, not being active, not throwing and too much time, probably mentally now thinking about it. So, uh, they just weren't ready to pull that trigger yet, but it, like you heard right there, it doesn't sound like it's too far away from, you know, um, that happening. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think I like I said uh, earlier today on our emergency show, I still think that Brandon fought is going to be up here pretty soon. Still don't know how it's going to happen. But starting pitchers get hurt things happen guys struggle. I think I think you're going to see Brandon fought in this rotation before too long. And, and yeah, I mean, that was kind of the answer from Hazen that I was expecting it. it it's yeah. very much has sounded like the D backs. Um, at least from what Hazen was saying earlier in the presser, it does. It did not sound like this decision came down to Tommy Henry is more ready. Tommy Henry has the big league experience. Brandon fought doesn't, Correct. it wasn't about that. It was basically Brandon fought logistically doesn't line up well for us to bring him up right now. Whereas Tommy Henry lines up pretty well. Um, so, I mean, maybe if the, if the diamondbacks had really wanted Brandon fought to be in this spot, they probably could have made some adjustments and, you know, move guys around to make it so that he would have lined up for this. Yeah. Uh, but as Hazen said, they they didn't know what they were going to do with Bumgarner going into yesterday's start against the Cardinals. And so it was hard for them to anticipate exactly how this was going to turn out. Um, but, but it wasn't, though, because we knew how it was going to turn out because we had jokes about it all week long where we were saying that the Cardinals were going to light up Mad Bum, and, and we knew it. But It I, did feel somewhat predictable, but from the D-backs standpoint... They had to see it. They had to, yeah. I mean, they, they weren't going to make any assumptions, but um, yeah, I think you're going to see Brandon Fott soon. And again, it, this, was not, this was not like they prefer Tommy Henry over Brandon Fott. This was... The logistics line up better for Tommy Henry, and we think Fod is ready too, and we're going to get him up here pretty soon. Uh, Daniel says that's crazy to get the call up because logistically you are better than the next guy. Well, logistically, not better, but you are more available than yeah, the next guy. Henry right? was more available, and yeah. I think the D-backs just don't have a strong enough preference between the two to to like go out of their way to try to get Fod here instead of Henry. Henry has also pitched well. like His numbers... In Reno, I know he, he has a 6.33 ERA, but if you look at the peripherals, um, he has 22 strikeouts and I want to say it's like eight walks. He's pitching pretty yeah, well by by Reno standards. Fott's ERA isn't the prettiest either, so I do see. I mean, I think I think Fott's going to be uh, the better pitcher of the two when it's all said and done. But I also think Tommy Henry is genuinely deserving of an opportunity in the big leagues at this point. So. It was it was a tough a tough call. For I do I do know what you mean, Daniel. I had your back, and I also wanted to address this because I don't think you would really believe how often uh, logistics actually plays a role in all of this stuff. And when I say logistics, I mean the number of call or call ups that guys still have, or you yeah. know, the options still left for some of these minor league guys. Uh, that's why it it tickles me endlessly when people wanted to like send Mad Bum down. Um, guys like Madbum and Mark Melanson, they don't have this thing called options anymore at that point in their career. They can't get sent down. It just doesn't work that way. But um, it works that way for a lot of young players. And when you see guys, especially like bullpen arms, that kind of get sent down and you kind of wonder why because they were doing well. And sometimes it's simply just because they're going to make a move to bring somebody else up that they need for a few days. And then they're going to swap them back out or whatever. So logistics actually tend to act play play a big role in the decisions they make. And, and you know, yeah. how these guys are lined up, uh, how ready they are, how stretched they out they are. Um, but none of that is really a factor here with Brandon Fott other than he just pitched too long ago and his next turn would... It's would tonight. He's, after, he's pitching tonight he, for the yeah, Reno Aces. It was, it's tonight, and they weren't going to – Mike Hazen also addressed that. He said they weren't going to bring up Fott and then have everybody move down, even though that would have been awesome because that would have lined Zach Gallen up to pitch on his bobblehead night 
and I'm still for that. <laughs> but of course, as you can understand, Mike Hazen does not give a damn about uh, about uh, him, him, you know, uh, pitching on his bobblehead night. Uh, there are the there is the concern, like we talked about earlier, of the young pitchers all in the starting rotation. But right now, I think internally everybody feels like that gives the Diamondbacks the best chance to win. And youth has been a, a huge factor for this team so far. So why not just ride that youth movement and and keep it going in, in the yeah. starting rotation? The D-backs, I know it's I know it's Henry and not Fott, but the D-backs are gonna are a lot of fun to watch. I, I'm just gonna come out and say that. And and I think a lot of people are are embracing this team, you know, with with not only just the fast start, but the way that the Diamondbacks are are winning these games, the brand of baseball that they play. I mean, your rotation is kind of intriguing now, right? I mean, it's Gallon, it's Merrill Kelly, and it's three young guys that you're not necessarily sure that Dre Jameson's going to have a, a sub three ERA for an entire season. Oh, or I am. Uh, maybe Derek is. I am. Uh, you know, Ryan Nelson is is still a little unproven, although he's had a lot of success in the early going. And then Tommy Henry, even though he, he did struggle a little bit last year. Um, you know, we saw some promising signs in, in spring training and he has a mix of a number of different pitches that he can use at different times. So it's, it's just fun. I mean, I think the D backs are just at a point right now where fans can really embrace this team. There, there yeah. aren't those guys. There's, there's not the Melanson or the Bumgarner that are there where you feel like, Oh man, I'm just so, you know, I don't want to see this guy pitch anymore. Those, those guys aren't here at, at, for the moment. And, and I think it, it, it makes the D-backs an easy team for a lot of people to root for. I love this comment from Walk-Off Sports Talk. He says, I love this team, been a fan since day one, and I honestly can't remember a time when I've been this excited about a roster. There you go. I, I think that's it, and I, I had you on the camp. Uh, I <laughs> I uh, feel the same way. I think Jesse and I both feel the same way. Like the, the thing about it is that when it's free agents, when it's trades, you can – question a guy you can look at times when they weren't good you can say like is it worth all the money they spent on them much like this madison bumgarner deal and such with the roster the diamondbacks have now you have really no idea what the potential is for the future of yeah. this team espn the other day published an article saying that corbin carroll could end up being the greatest player in arizona diamondbacks history uh, did they actually? It was a an actual wild headline. headline. It was an actual headline <laughs> that it could he could be the greatest player in Arizona Diamondbacks history, which is a lot to thrust upon such a young guy. But Corbin Carroll just kind of takes it all with a grain of salt, and he does an excellent job at handling all of this pressure and performing uh, at a level that most people would say is very, very, very much worth the value that the Diamondbacks have extended him for and will pay him for for a long time. But if that's not enough, Let's just take a look at these young studs rocking some Phoenix Suns gear today uh, at the field. Look at these absolute units <laughs> looking absolutely perfect in their Suns gear. Dre Jameson, Corbin Carroll, Geraldo Perdomo stole the day uh, just out there. Uh, taking second base defensive practice uh, in the full on Booker uh, uni and hat. It was fantastic. Did you just why, did you just make them like pose for you, pose for you for these pictures I, like so, how, how did <laughs> so I pretended like I was the team photographer and because <laughs> most of them don't remember me I just was able to snap off some shots Jesse I don't know why you're questioning this it did very much have first uh, 
first day of school vibes. <laughs> yeah, there, sure. there's a serious first day of school uh, Tony, vibe uh, The picture I took of Tony Paris Chica is just straight up a Little League photo. It's just straight up a Little League photo. It, it is. It so absolutely go check out, is. Go check out our Twitter account. And you can see more <laughs> of those wonderful photos from today. I just, I love that. I mean, it excites me. It gets the blood there's pumping. A, there's a serious bromance. There is a bromance the, brewing. The, sun, the yes, Suns and the Diamondbacks. I, I mean, before it was just like, the, the bromance used to be campaign and Jake McCarthy. I was going to say, you know, who it's started grown it, right? to like an organizational wide thing. At it this really point, has. So, but speaking of Jake McCarthy, he made some threatening comments to me, Jesse. Today, Jake McCarthy knows what Derek has to do. He made some comments to me, you guys. He said to me, he turned. He was sitting on the field. He was watching guys take BP. He looks back at me. He points to Lourdes Goriel, <laughs> who's standing right next to him, having, having a conversation, I think, with Gabby Moreno or maybe uh, Jose Herrera. I think the other two were there. And he says, that's, that's what you're going to look like. That's going to be your look, is what he says to me uh, about my hair. My hair is going to be purple. Purple so hair Derek. I'm excited to be purple hair Derek. Not, not quite there yet, though, Derek. We not quite need, there, but look at that. Four more that Diamondbacks wins in the month of April. All I all I all I know is Jesse is that if it's motivating them to win baseball games, you have no idea the level of shame I'm willing to take this to. <laughs> if I'm bulletin board for you guys, let's go. The purple hair is just the beginning. I mean, we can we can get crazy. You want to get, get nuts? That's we can terrifying. get nuts. All right. Well, uh, another thing that's terrifying is that in about an hour. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. will be playing baseball against the Arizona He will be leading off against the Back in Major League Baseball. That's terrifying. Tori Lavallo had some very respectful comments for him. He, he did say that... He's he, a straight-up Fernando Tatis like, fan. Like, he's a stan. He's a stan. He's a stan. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a, a Fernando stan. Tatis stan. He said, <laughs> like, I can't wait uh, to, you know, uh, see him play. And then he was like, after I'll, you know, kind of gawk at him for a while, then I'll actually have to figure out a way to get uh, him out. Uh, Daniel, Daniel's suggesting tattoos next. We might get, uh, Ooh, we might get crazy. Yeah, we might, oh, we yeah. might permanently <laughs> mark my body. Uh, Jen's not even going to recognize you after this season, Derek. <laughs> uh, this is this is incredible. Uh, all right, so what else we got though, Jesse? Coming into the series, we have our probables. That's aren't the probables for this series aren't impacted in any way by the Mass and Bumgarner decision. No, he was not going he, to pitch anyway. He will not pitch, or his his place to pitch will not be until the Royals. So Tommy Henry will make that start against the Kansas City Royals. But uh, let's take a look at the probable pitchers for this series between the Padres and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, of course, we got uh, Ryan Nelson, one of the youngsters, going tonight uh, against Michael Waka, and then uh, Gallon Kelly Jameson. So this is uh, this is what we're going to have for a while, folks, when it comes to the Diamondbacks pitching rotation. Yeah. So so crazy fact here on Ryan Nelson. So this is his seventh career start. And it is his fourth career start against the Padres. He has made seven starts. His first one was in San Diego against the Padres. His second start was against the Dodgers. Then his next one was against the Padres. That was his last start last year. This year, his first start was against the Padres. Then he faced the Dodgers again. And then he faced the Marlins. That's the one other team that he's faced. And now he's facing the Padres again. And we we talked about... uh, the Diamondbacks young players starting against the Padres. That's been a really good thing for them so far. That's true. Why not bring Tommy Henry up and have him start against Dre the Padres? Dre Jameson also made That's a, right. a very impressive that is big right. debut against the Padres. Uh, is Ryan Nelson your X factor in this, uh, I guess, in tonight's game? But I, I on tonight's a broader game, sense, yeah. what about the series, though? What do you think? How, how mm. do the Diamondbacks leave with at least a split of the series 
and get two games closer to me dying my hair purple. I mean, I I think the I don't know if I'm allowed to use an X factor on the opposing team, but it'd be nice if Fernando Tatis did not go off in this series, right? I mean, the man, I believe be it was nice. six homers in his last 12 at bats in Triple A. Just absurd, absurd things that he was doing in yeah. his quote unquote rehab assignment uh, before coming back oh to the big God. leagues. Hitting so, like 500 and- yeah, his numbers there were utterly ridiculous, and and he has he has destroyed the Diamondbacks in years past. It feels like Fernando Tatis homers once or twice, or or three times in basically every <laughs> series he plays against the D-backs. So, I he's kind of the big X factor for me. Are the D-backs able to figure out how to stop Fernando Tatis Jr. Xander Bogarts? We talked about it the other day. Xander Bogarts has done a lot of the offensive damage for the Padres this season. The rest of their lineup has not really come around. Manny Machado, a bit of a slow start. Juan Soto, a very, very slow, slow start. start. Yeah. Um, but this is the first day that the Padres will have their full murderer's row intact. The first four hitters in this Padres lineup, I Derek. fucking hate it. It is Fernando it Tatis. So it is Juan Soto batting second. It's Manny Machado batting third. And it is Xander Bogarts batting fourth. That is on paper the best, uh, the best group of four position players on any baseball team, and it's probably not even close by far. Uh, so go get him, Ryan Nelson. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go out there and face the toughest lineup in baseball. And I mean, that might not actually be true right now with how some of those guys are hitting, but. Again, when you get back a Fernando Tatis Jr., he can be such a catalyst in your lineup, right? Because if he starts hitting well, it just takes the pressure off the other guys. We already know how well Xander Bogarts is doing. So really, it just takes two guys being just crazy offensively to to propel a team to success. But if the Juan Sotos and the Manny Machados start feeling the pressure lift off them a bit and they stop pressing so much, maybe they get back on track and then that's just a disaster that's a nightmare for everybody involved uh the Padres are just they have not started well they they have just not they've not they have struggled so far this season you know that they're they're I mean this is a big series for them to try to try to get things back on track and uh Ryan Nelson has pitched against them a whole lot so they are they are familiar with what's going to be uh, coming at them tonight. This little fella, Tiny Cattell, he is my uh, he is my choice for X Factor. He's your X Factor. He okay. is not playing in tonight's game. Uh, they're resting him. Uh, he kind of got in a hot streak. He was our King Snake last series. Yeah. So uh, of course, Tori is going to sit him. Uh, but he did also follow us into the stadium today in one of the most incredible looking cars I've ever seen in my entire life. So. Uh, I feel like he's going to be legitimately a force to be reckoned with. And maybe the time off gives him a little bit of rest. Maybe he comes back and maybe he's even hotter than he was. I don't know. Uh, but, of course, make sure to keep it locked right here for more on that. And Jesse is going to head over uh, to the stadium to bring you guys a little bit more information on tonight's Someone, game. Someone's asking, are they showing the Cardinals live press? Yes, Right here. <laughs> Just tell all of your friends to tune in here, and we'll get it up for you guys shortly. We'll get you guys right over to the stadium. Uh, and speaking of stadium, uh, our friends over at BetMGM uh, are giving us a wonderful place to hang out at the BetMGM Sportsbook out at State Farm Stadium, where you can watch Cardinals games. You can uh, do some live betting. You can have a whole lot of fun, food, drinks, and more. Uh, we are going to have our PHNX curated in-app bets on the BetMGM Sportsbook app soon. We're going to have monthly cornhole leagues at BetMGM Sportsbook at State Farm where I am going to uh, have a team with most likely a very inappropriate name. Uh, Phoenix Suns 
away playoff watch parties presented by our friends at neutral. So uh, happy hour pricing, $5 or $6 rally of the Valley margaritas. So join us out there. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our AZ audience, you will get up to hundred dollars in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the app and sign up using bonus code PHNX. Place a pregame Moneyline wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at standard odds price, and you will receive $10 in bonus bets instantly regardless of your wager. Um, and I think that might mean $100 in bonus bets, considering that's what I just said. Uh, but just make sure you use bonus code PHNX when you sign up, and you will get that money. Plus, join us out there at the Bet MGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium uh, for all Suns away playoff games. Our PHNX Suns watch parties presented by Neutral will feature food and drink specials, PHNX giveaways, and PHNX live shows. Join us by grabbing your free tickets in the show notes. Check out the show notes for full offer details. And now, listen to our friend Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Uh, and of course, uh, in regards to the Cardinals, uh, Jersey reveal, the boys from PHNX Cardinals will be going live right after, uh, that whole thing is over. So yes. make sure to keep it locked right here to PHNX sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, do that now sign up for notifications. So you don't miss when they do go live, leave us a thumbs up for giving you this information because we deserve it. Uh, and if you're listening right now on your favorite audio podcasting app to our show, please subscribe to us if you haven't done so already and leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. You can also get a Diehards membership today, which will give you access to all of our wonderful writing around here, uh, Jesse's article, Full Count, and everything else you can get. You get free merch from the phnxlocker.com, as well as 20% off all future purchases. You get uh, discounts to our events, like our, our takeover season pass that we're going to be talking about here in a second, and so much more. We also have uh, members-only merch, members-only invites to stuff, so much more. Uh, and like I said, grab that D-backs takeover season pass. Uh, you get six PHNX D-backs takeover tickets. Pre-game meetup access and uh, this first game, we will be meeting up at uh, Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. So that's a great place to come and join us for a fun time. You also get that PHNX It's Always Sunny shirt. Uh, and here are the games that we have for you. One per month, uh, April, May, June, July, August, and September. Of course, that first one is against the Kansas City Royals. Is that game one? Is that the game that Tommy Henry is going to be pitching in? Uh, I think it would be the 24th. Would be Tommy Henry. Yeah. So yeah. then it'd what? be Monday the twenty fourth. So Tuesday the twenty fifth uh would, would go Ryan back Nelson. to Ryan Nelson. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Nelson. So make yeah. sure. Uh more importantly, no more mad bum starts. So uh you you get I'm guaranteeing you that all of these games are free of Madison Bumgarner starts if that entices you that much more to purchase our takeover plan. Uh some big news in Major League Baseball today. If you were concerned that the Arizona Diamondbacks were going to move to the state of Nevada. I have some good news for you. It looks like the Oakland A's will be the team doing that as the Oakland A's and Red Rock Resorts have entered an official agreement for land in Las Vegas to build a $1 billion, 35,000 seat ballpark for the A's. So we will be seeing uh, the Las Vegas athletics very soon, which is sad considering the tradition of Oakland. Uh, it's also sad that Oakland will lose its third and final major sports franchise uh, in a span sad. of 10 years, just Completely wiped them out. Uh, but 
again, the A's, there's a lot of tradition there. There's a lot of people that love the A's. Uh, there's a lot of people that love the Raiders, too. So, I mean, uh, hopefully if you're a resident of Oakland, you might not mind moving to Las Vegas. That might be your new, your new move. I would never move from Oakland to Las Vegas. No, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You might not have ever lived in Oakland. so That's fair. That's, if uh, I could just live like a, a tiny bit outside of Oakland, maybe that would, that would make Las me Ve- a little bit happier. Las Vegas is number one major city I wouldn't want to live in. I would get yeah. so tired of it so fast, I think. I think, as long, I think the thing that people forget is you can stay away from the strip, right? Uh, I don't go to Mill Avenue because I'm 42 years old. You get it? You feel me, well, I right? Think, I think you could. I, I, I I'm not saying could. I can't. I think you could do I'm it. just saying I don't. I don't. <laughs> I actively avoid that area as much as I humanly possibly can. Uh, and it's because of my old bones and the fact that my joints creak when I try to move around <laughs> in some of those places. But uh, I, I just wonder, uh, I mean, again, this is this is sad for Oakland A's fans, but uh, does this put Diamondbacks man, m- fans mind at ease yeah. with the whole Henderson-Nevada thing? I, would th- I mean, who knows? Who knows? Henderson's not the same as Vegas. You know, maybe maybe you got you one team and no, I'm just, monster. I'm just, no, that is, not, no. that is not going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think people were as concerned about this in no. recent years. I know it was a thing a few years ago. Uh, but Derek Hall was very clear at the beginning of the season that all of the D-back stadium options that they're investigating are not only within Arizona, but within Maricopa County. Right. Um, I don't know what other county they would. I mean, they're probably not, not going to move to Flagstaff. But well, um, but you yeah, never know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, yeah, they better not move to Tucson. Right. We, we, all, we all know that we are not moving Listen, to Tucson. Let's <laughs> not get into it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> nobody uh, wants to go to Tucson, Damon. I'm telling you that. Right nobody. Now. Nobody wants to go to Tucson. Uh, but yeah, I don't do I don't think, think people leaving, were that worried about it. Do you think they're leaving downtown Phoenix? Do you think they're leaving? And that I'm not going to just restrict you to saying stay at Chase Field. Because we've heard these rumors that they could be moving south of Chase Field. We've heard rumors that they, I mean, it's going to be a hard sell to try to be like, hey, we just want to move like three and a half miles south and and west of here, right? But uh, that might be the possibility. So do you think one way or another they remain in downtown? I think they remain in downtown. And my, my gut is still that they remain at Chase Field. Same. Mine too. It's just, it. I mean, building the new stadium, they... They're gonna need to raise some money, Derek. They're they're gonna need they're gonna need some money that uh that you know the current ownership group is willing to invest several hundred millions of dollars into renovations for Chase Field, which would be needed. But the price tag for building an entirely new stadium is a lot higher than several hundred million dollars, right? Um, it's it's in the billions. So we just said that with the one moving in Las Vegas. Yeah, right? yeah. You can't dollars. you can't build a new stadium for two or three hundred million dollars. It just it just doesn't work that way. So I'm not saying it's impossible for the D-backs to move out to you know Scottsdale around Salt River Fields, uh, but I, I the new stadium they're gonna need they're gonna need some investors to come in who are really serious about making this happen. And so far, it sounds like they haven't had the momentum that they need in order in order to get there well we're moving closer and closer to the decision because uh derek hall at one point said that that would be happening in the next few months which would be yeah by the end of may at least they so. wanted they wanted to know within a few months of right. of the season starting so yeah we we might find that out pretty soon here and then in regards to uh walk off sports talks question about wasn't there talks of money being put toward renovation yes there absolutely is yeah uh they i i we personally think that that's they're waiting to make the decision before they make any 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 improvements any repairs 
frankly, to that building right now. But I think when they do make that decision, if they should stay at Chase, they'll make all of those repairs at once. They will try to do a massive uh, off-season overhaul where maybe they don't schedule any of these concerts or anything uh, at Chase and, and do it then. But I mean, they, it would be a multi-year thing, though. It would be. Yeah, if they'd they, have to do it. In, in, yeah, you're right. The, the things would, that they want to do, they could accomplish a lot over an off-season, but it, it would take a few years for them to get Chase Field to the place that they ultimately want it yeah. to be. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, maybe maybe in a few months we have some mock-ups of, of the new Chase Field and you know we'll see what kind of ideas they can come up with. I've said many times that I still am not am not a huge fan of the facility in general, and it just doesn't allow a lot of natural light. It just doesn't feel like a ballpark as much as I as I wish it did. Uh, but I mean, realistically, I think the D backs are most likely going it, to wind up sticking around. Isn't there. it breathtaking when the roof is open, though? It's breathtaking in the sense that like if you haven't seen like like it's breathtaking in the sense that going outside is cool when you've been sitting inside all day. You know, it's not yes. it's not breathtaking yes. in enough. the general like Fair in enough. the sense that Dodger just, Stadium or I don't know, I some don't other know. places. I don't know. What? Dodger Stadium? Get out. Get I mean, okay, not no, just Dodger. Get like, out. No, just seriously. Any, get out. I'm not stadium. doing this ad with you and your goddamn Dodger fucking stadium love you go hang out with espo who's looking for fucking townhouses in la uh anyway is espo looking for townhouses no, it's in just LA? something that i accuse him of on you know southwest okay. bias because i need to paint him as a terrible person and it's the okay. only way i can win that debate show yeah, any anyone in uh, anyone who's an arizona sports fan looking to move to la right i mean yeah, just the exactly. biggest the biggest exactly. villain out exactly. there right? it's easy it's, it's easy <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, big shout out to our friends at FOCO for giving us Tiny Cattell uh, and, of course, making some incredible bobbleheads. Uh, this is one of the most – this one, this practice league, this one's just art. This is just art. This is actual art, and you can have this art in your home by going to FOCO.com uh, and checking out what the leader, uh, leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and so much more. Uh, we know – uh, fanatics has its 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 hand on the on the industry right but if you want some different things that you're not going to get that look very generic you can go to foco get yourself uh some great stuff they have the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms uh, foco always has our back for arizona sports and they have yours too get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items use the promo code phnx for 10 percent off uh, and also check out our friends at more furniture. It is the place to go when you need to furnish your home for baseball season. Of course, talking Cardinals, got some Cardinals fans in here. Uh, we're right around the corner from NFL season as well. You only have a few months uh, and you need to figure out a way to get as many TVs on one wall as possible. That's the goal these days, right? How many TVs can we fit on one wall? Uh, and you need recliners and you need furniture to go along with that. Once you got the TVs figured out, head over to morefurniture.com. They have their white glove delivery service. They will happily bring uh, that furniture to your house and set it up for you. And you can save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. We got an Arizona Diamondbacks game to watch. Of yeah. course, you can follow us on Twitter for more information. Uh, again, we we aren't done talking about Mad Bum. They might be, but we're not. Uh, I am Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Well, at least that's my handle. That's not what I am. Uh, he <laughs> sometimes is a professional. That is what I you am are, a bit Derek. of a caveman sometimes. <laughs> uh, he is a professional journalist. You can find him at Jesse and Friedman. Uh, our producer Damon is at Damon Dog. Woo! That's uh, D A W G. That was almost a howl, but it wasn't a howl. I was trying to do more of a. Oh, there you go, Damon Dog. Uh, but of course, our show is at PHNX underscore Dbacks. 
and all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on twitter instagram and facebook thank you guys again for being here two shows in one day I don't know how we got this lucky. Should we do a post game show too? Dude? Yeah, why not? I mean, I'm just going to stick <laughs> around. I'm going to go take a nap in the back, and then maybe when I wake up, we can do that. But uh, in the meantime, we thank you guys so much for joining us, for being here. On behalf of Damon, Jesse, and myself, we always appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you have three rookies pitching in your starting rotation. <laughs>